for me. Yes, sir. Welcome back. Welcome back <laughs> to Face the Music. I'm Justin. I'm Jalan this time. No, <laughs> I'm Tony. What's up? <laughs> I'm, I'm Jalan. All right, I have a, I have a quick question, man, because I'm just thinking about like the times we're in now. Like you think about like gas prices going super high, and then people talking about man, back in my you know we was younger back in my day, back in my day. So I don't really want to talk about gas prices because that's the thing is kind of ridiculous. But I but I kind of want to talk about back in our day, like before social media, cell phones. Like what we what was your life like before all of this stuff? Like what did we do? Want to ask us about our childhood then? Because I feel like that's what this is. Uh, okay, we had fun. Our childhood, was, our childhood was lit as hell without social media and all that stuff. So we was on bikes. Uh, we had Walkmans and CD players. And, you know, if you had to jump that little mug that didn't skip, you was <laughs> winning. Because, you know, it wasn't nothing worse than having a CD player that didn't have that non-skip function. Like, younger kids, Gen Z, y'all don't know what, like, how, how, how bad the struggle was, but I think that's what it was. Like, you know, shit, music was fun because back then, you know, you turn on the radio and you actually heard like fire stuff on the radio. Like, that's where we found our new music. It was radio, like, or or parties, or you know, back in the day, like the DJs would break a record. You know, like that is how the fire shit hit. It usually was on like a mix or something like that. And the DJ will play some shit that you ain't never heard. It's just like, yo, who was that? So that's kind of how I think of like what we did before social media, all that. Facts. I have to agree, man. Um, definitely bikes popping, wheelies on the boardwalk, icy cups. You know, my child, my childhood was spent on the beach most of the time in Atlantic City. So I heard all the all the old school, you know, with the music and the cookouts. And then next thing you know, you hear a whole brand new mixtape that someone picked up at a corner store and you hear all the scratches from the DJs. And it's like, what's going what's going on? And the next thing you know, somebody popped a, a trunk by the park, people playing ball and you hear the music all loud at the park. Music was the 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 engine for my childhood, man. So, yeah. Hmm. And for me, all I can think about is just like trying to get places, you know, like before, like we had like the map quest or like the Google, um, Google maps and all that. We would use like the map quest. We would like download it. I just remember like traveling with my mom. Like we had to print out <laughs> how to get there. Make a left mm-hmm. here, make a left right, right there. So like we never had pretty much, you know, anything like, so like pretty much like right now, like if I didn't have my phone, I'll be lost. Like, I wouldn't even know how to get to the gym because I don't have it. I, don't, I wouldn't know anybody's number. You don't remember numbers anymore. It's so much that, you know, we don't do now. That's true. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. You got to get better out here. You can't be dependent on your GPS to get anywhere, man. Like, you can't get to the gym? <laughs> no, I can get to the gym. I get to the gym. Now I can. But the first <laughs> week, I, I couldn't get to the gym. <laughs> I'm like, dang, I don't never use my GPS. So, like, I don't know. I, I'd rather get lost than I fake it. I'm the person to get lost and act like I know where I'm going. But no, no, we took the scenic route. Like, I, I know where we at. <laughs> See, I actually <laughs> use the GPS when I'm like going to, to somewhere that I've never been. So, like, 
that's the only time. And, and then once I get there, it's like embedded in my memory. So it is what it is. <laughs> True. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So we can move from um, like the old times to like, when I think about like old times, like kind of what Tony was talking about, I also think about, um, sorry. Yeah. When I think about old times, what I think about what Tony was talking about, like the music and all that stuff, what kind of like old school music stuff did y'all kind of deal with? I know now we have, Everything on our phone before we had to have CDs, tapes, and all that. Like, you talking about like how, what, like what the setup was like, like how 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 the party got jumping, or not, not really how the party, party, not really how the party got jumping, but pretty much like how we found music. Like today, an album drop, you have it. You know, back then, an album Ooh. drop, you got to go to the store, you got to lime wire. <laughs> like we didn't have everything at our fingertips. Or lime wire, uh. I think how music was found, I can say so for me, it was like the radio, finding like the pirated radio stations. Also, I had like, you know, you got your cousin. So like, you know, your cousins, nobody gets you more music than cousins that's in the streets because they always got the fire shit. So like for me, you know, every time I would go back to Florida, like, my cousins were putting me on stuff that was like popping in like the hoods of Florida. So like, for an example, like when Plies first was bubbling, like I knew about Plies like way before he came out off the strength of like my cousins like literally bumping. But I'm like, bro, who is this? And like, there's that little old Plies. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So like, that's how we found music. It was organic. Like back in the day, I feel like I, I ain't like the streets really had to fuck with you for your music to get out. Like you had to be off of like, you know, like word of mouth. And that's how you got that bubble. Like and shit like that. Like I remember I wasn't a big Meek Mill fan, but I know I knew about Meek for people that listen to a lot of like battle rap and stuff like that, because Meek's name always was up like, yo, you heard this man Meek. I'm just like, bro, who is this guy? So back in the day, I think it was word of mouth and like the, you know, if you had niggas that was really just weaving in and out of culture, or at least for me. Yeah, like I actually share the same experience. Uh, cousins, cousins in, in all different places, man. I had cousins in South Carolina. I had cousins in New York, New Jersey. Like I will go back and forth all of those places throughout the summer. So like, you know, the sounds was different. Like it was so much grit up north. You would hear it. And you come down south and you hear that same grit, but it's in a different sound. It's like in the sound of like past the Troy or Outcast or I don't know, the Dungeon family. So my thing is um, uh, cousins, family, friends, maybe they even expose you to new music. And then honestly, another characteristic would be the radio stations among different places, too. At a certain time. They'll play mixes. They'll curate a whole mix and you'll hear some stuff you never heard before. And that's what kind of exposed me because I was one of those kids that would be out in the street after the streetlights uh, would come on. But I was, I mean, you know, I'll be <laughs> near, but, you know, I would yeah. still be outside. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, you and I'll I'll hear. You and right, right, right. I would I would hear what's going on in the streets, like literally. But um, yeah, man, like those are those are experiences that I share, too. So. That's cool, man. But I, honestly, I want to take it way back. I want to take it way back before all of that. I wanted to think about like records, like 70s records, rock, R&B. Not, they didn't even call it R&B. What did they call it back then? Rhythm did and blues. Just, rhythm and blues. Um, <laughs> the they, call it, they call it something else, like soul. No, the soul. 
pretty much sold it. You know, all of that. Take it back to the way there. Motown? Yeah. All the way back, man. Just the yeah. records, records in general. Like, what are y'all experiences with old school records? I'm like, y'all a fan? Do y'all collect? I, I'm looking at some right now. I'm a big record collector of vinyl, but that just comes from growing up with like your, your, your grandma, your grandpa. So like my dad has vinyls. I've been collecting vinyls for years. So like it was something about when they whipped that motherfucker, I just, <laughs> and they and, you know, they dropped that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, blow on to it. Like, oh <laughs> shit. Like, you know, that whole about to hit. And if they got like, you know, they got a good setup, like that is how they turned up. You know, it was, you have a mix. You had one record that was getting played at a time. And you ain't skip songs. You listen to that bitch from the beginning to the end. You flip that hole and moved on. So, like, that's the record. And then, you know, if you was, if your grandma or somebody wasn't looking, we would try to, like, DJ on that hole and mm-hmm. hope that we didn't break the needle, you know. But listen, yeah. We ain't never break the needle. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What time before Tony? What, what is DJing, bro? What, what is that? What's somebody DJing? Explain that. What you mean? Like, that's a little wicked, wicked shit. You know, I, I don't you know, know what that is. I don't know what that is. Hey, bro. I don't know what Webster defines dig, DJ and his disc jockeying. Disc but, jockeying, uh, yeah. It is disc jockeying. <laughs> disc jockeying? Disc jockeying? Yeah. Yeah, like, because the, like the discs are the records. So. Of a disc. Yeah. Wow. So I guess I get a history lesson. Like, so back in the day, radios, when you listen to the radio, they actually had the vinyls. So like you were literally, that's how people got new music out. They would send music that they made to the record players and they would put them on. And the person that was over the mix that you heard on the radio, that was the DJ. That was their job to literally mix in those records and stuff like that. So like, that's where the term came from. But most people know DJing for like, you know, us black folks, because we wouldn't put some seasoning on it, you know. <laughs> we couldn't just have it regular, you know. We was like, now nah, we go put them together and then mix it, and then start doing shit that like they weren't intended to doing. Then we started hip hop because of niggas just can't be normal. That's 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 my. <laughs> wow. They couldn't just let the record play. They had to. They couldn't let, let it play. It simmer. They had to speak on it. They had to freestyle on it. They had to dance to it. They had to they had to feel it. They had to stretch the record out a little bit longer. Telling you, man, I had those experiences myself. Especially when I was younger. Um my dad he had this big old house speaker, man. It was like during the transition of like the old school and the new school. I know y'all know what I'm talking about. Like those big old house speakers that have all those buttons to uh, whatever the tape cassettes area, and then on top they'll had a record, they'll had a yep. vinyl player. Yeah, it's like a whole assortment. <laughs> it's crazy. I was yep. tall enough at a certain age to be up there scratching the hell out of them records or whatever. <laughs> like, I mean, it was a time that I would scratch CDs. You know, when the uh, CDs was uh, uh here, so I was all confused. But yeah. <laughs> How you, Tony, how you scratch it? Can you explain how you scratch a CD? Yeah, man. So uh, it was mimicking scratching a record. And what I would do is in the CD case, I would open the CD case thinking that I had a turntable right there in front of me, put another CD on the other side and put the CD that's already in the case as is and just scratch it, just spin it. I, I feel, a brand I feel new it. CD I, would I be done. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, facts. <laughs> <laughs> but who did this to my CD? I don't know. It came like that. <laughs> I thought I was playing music. I thought I was DJing. That's 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 funny, man. <laughs> and, and it's funny. I just like bringing up the DJ. And I was um watching this show. What is it called, man? It's on Netflix. It's about a show about um DJing. Have you ever seen it? Uh, the get the get the get down. There you go. The get down. And pretty much what that show was basically about is about this um DJ called uh hey I don't think I forgot his name. <laughs> Grandmaster Flash, there you go. <laughs> Damn, bro. <laughs> We're millennials. We're millennials. <laughs> we we like, live through this. So, so a lot of times when I do like, you know, watch stuff, I kind of like do the research behind it. And I was seeing that like he's been DJing since like the 70s. Mm. So basically what he did is get like the old records that we were talking about and, and basically scratching them. So he gets like two identical records. He's playing one on one side, one on another side. He's playing the part that he wants, going to the other side, playing the part he wants, and skipping back and forth in live time, which I think is, is kind of dope. And um, I know a lot of people, like when he first started and first introducing what this was about, a lot of people were talking about him because he was scratching the records, like I was saying, because scratching wasn't a thing back then. Mm. So like you're, you're using a record and you're like, chicka, chicka, like doing all this DJing, switching back and forth. You know, it's like, yo, what are you doing? You're messing up classics. And even he also, what he did is to make sure to, to know what, what part of the um, record he was using. He used a crayon. So he's not only scratching the record, now he's using a crayon to mark it, to circle it, write a line to know where to go on from one song to the other because he didn't have technology like we had now. He didn't have the computer to say, I wanted that four minutes or three minutes. He had the record where he had to scratch it, color it. So he had a lot of backlash when he first started, but he kind of changed the game. The whole game. He changed, he changed the whole game, just timing all that stuff, man. Do y'all do y'all think that DJs back in the day, they understood how to read a crowd? Like hands down. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. They had, I mean, Hell they yeah. had to, man. They had to know yeah. how to read a crowd, how to read the audience, how to read what they like. It's crazy, man. I think they yeah, was but- way more masterful than MCs when it comes to reading the crowd. Well, well, I think it was their job because you think about the DJ is like you're going, first of all, you got to have your stuff prepared ahead of time because you don't have a computer. You have, the, you have to have the, turn, the things there ahead of time because you can't skip it out. You got two um, vinyls there. You can't say, oh man, let me hurry up and switch it while the crowd is going crazy. You got to have that ready ahead of time. And then also the timing has to be right on point. Like you're doing it live where you're going back and forth and you think about they helped this, the rapper start. Because mm-hmm. without them, it was no music. We weren't creating, we were creating soul in the 70s. We weren't creating rap stuff. So they had to like yep. change it, slow it down, loop it live so the rapper or singer could do their thing. Shocking. True shit. That's, that's true. I think hip hop wouldn't be hip hop without the DJ. Like, I think even for when, like, we all been out and been to the club, and I feel like this is the one thing I know to be true. The DJ, can literally make or break in a fit. If you're D- if the DJ there is fire yeah. and he knows how to read the crowd and like he know how to perpetually turn that hoe up. We've all been to clubs where or like parties or events where it's like your DJ was he was spinning. <laughs> so like DJs always do it. When right. we go to like a music standpoint, it's the same way because even like at the concerts and stuff like that, like Essentially, the rapper back in the day just was 
rapping to whatever the DJ put on. Yeah. And he was just kind of like the rapper, like rappers were hype men essentially first. Facts. They were everything. So they were everything, bro. They were the hype men for the DJ. And then they got bigger because the rappers got better at their craft and stuff like that. So I just think like really though, to go off of that point, Justin, like I think rappers, they became known because DJs knew how to time them in. Like, that's why they call MCs microphone controllers because they knew, the DJs knew when the time y'all in. All right, here you go, boom. And then he come in, hey, yo, check it. Easy. So, yeah. MCs, that's how, that's how I see it, man. For sure. No, they, they were definitely important and they're definitely going to set the tone for know, party or, you know, any kind of event. So we even think about mixtape. Like, like instead of bringing it, no, hold on one, one minute. Can I, let me, let me get it out. Get, <laughs> you see Tony, he was be trying to cut me off when I'm, I got my, my, th- my groove going. <laughs> <laughs> now, so what I'm, what I'm thinking about now, cause I don't remember who said it, but y'all were talking about they kind of control an environment like the yeah. DJs. Yeah. So what I, what I think about is like the most time I got like introduced to DJs or experiences with DJs are like more like, the club or like house parties and stuff events. Mm. So like, what do y'all, so what would you say a good DJ is like, let's say you're going to a house party, you're going to like a club event. What is a good DJ going to be playing? Like what, like what, what type of music? Depends on the crowd. Okay. It definitely depends on the crowd. It definitely depends on the environment. Cause okay. from what I've experienced, uh, DJs, in a house, you know, at a at a house party wasn't your traditional DJ at a club. They had to like read the whole room. They had to move within the crowd too. Like they had to figure it out. People were dancing, gyrating, <laughs> grinding, all that, right? Yeah. Then yeah, you know, music would be different. If people was just chill, music would be different. Like you, you kind of have to read the crowd and 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 adapt to the environment. So Okay, so do you have any experiences like house party or club parties or kind of events where you had a good time because of the DJ? Oh, hold on, a, a good time or bad time, whichever whichever story is better. Get yeah, both for real, for real. All right, go ahead then. Like I, I say, just even for uh, a recent event like trap karaoke or Afro Soca Love. Like what makes those parties really, really dope is like the DJs know the right music to play. Like for the good experiences, like Tony's been saying, the DJ know how to read the pulse of the crowd. So like we've all been to clubs or parties or even events where like the DJ's playing music and nobody's reacting to it. That means, bro, you gotta find that song to get people moving. And I've been in like clubs where it's like the DJ just like let me say this. I guess for me, I like to go to events where the women or ladies are dancing because it's a more fun event. Like when the ladies turn up, it's like, yo, the guys turn up and it's a poor event. The ladies are not moving to me. It's not a party. Like if I'm DJing an event, I want the ladies moving because the guys are going to follow. If it goes the other way around, you got a whole bunch of men jumping and dancing around. Women not necessarily don't get into that. So like for me, those have been my bad experiences where it's just like we was gonna play Young Jeezy and Gucci Man all night long. That's it. Like you can't throw in like one twerk song in there. Like, come on. Like, 
Come on, give me some twerking, like at least some R&B. Everybody, the ladies love R&B, especially black women. Play some Trey song. So like those, that's kind of been my, my experience about, you know, getting too into the nitty gritty details. I feel you. Like for me, like I would say my uh, overall, man, I, I really had good times over bad times. All right, when it comes to my experiences with DJs. But if I had to give a bad time or just talk about a time that was kind of weird with DJs, it would be those house parties experience, man. I was one of those guys that would go to a house party. Everyone knows, whoever's our audience listening to this to this show, they should know that at a house party, you're putting yourself at risk in terms of your safety. And then also at people that you meet there too, right? But the music is a hit or miss. The music is a hit or miss. So if the music is a hit, vibing, it's a great time. It's a great environment. Hey, who knows what could happen at the house party? If it's a miss, though, the DJ is technically the one that's controlling the music, controlling the sound. He's messed up, you know, probably under the influence or probably not paying attention to the crowd and then music starts to repeat itself and it's no type of organization. But my good experiences, man, my great experiences, man, it 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 just came, uh, it developed over time. So shout out to Just KP, man. My boy, I had a great experience the last time I heard of a great DJ that was partnered with him. He straight up read the whole room, read the whole crowd, I'm talking about people was up dancing from all different genres of music, man. It's all about how you read the crowd and it's all about how you make people feel, man. And then you just pop people in, you know, to do their thing. So it was dope. It was dope, man. Good and bad, for sure. I got a, I got a question for y'all. You see what I'm saying, Tony? I mean, Every time it's my turn, <laughs> just to try to cut me off. I didn't go. I didn't go, but go ahead. Go. Go, go ahead. Go. Go ahead. No, no, I, I got a, I got a time, question. Yo. I got a question. Answer, answer this first. You answer it first, and then go on to your answer, because I don't want to forget. What no, no, said. go. go. Do your question, because I got it written down. I got my, my answer written down. Go ahead. Got your answer written. <laughs> he meant to say he, he right. knows he's gonna say right. y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got two questions there because we brought up house parties. Everybody has a wild house party experience, like the experience that made you say, "Like ah, you know what? This ain't, ain't for me no more." But that's that's question number one. What was that experience? What was that crazy ass house party experience where you just like, you know what? I should have stayed home then. <laughs> I know y'all got him. Oh, I remember. I remember one. So, Justin, we were together. It was me, you. Who else? I don't even remember. But pretty much, you know, like all like our friend group, they were having a party. So we're in the party. Like, like we're the first people there because like we're kind of doing it. So now like, we might have a good time. This is our house party. We don't got to worry about nothing. Next thing you know, they let some white guy in, in there. And next thing you know, you see a flashlight. I'm like, yo. You see outside, you see more flashlight. So basically, he was an undercover cop. And then cops shut the whole thing down before we could even get started. And even like later on that day, it was like a it was a, bur- it was a random burning bush outside. I'm like, yo, why is it? That was just a weird day altogether, man. That's something, dog. Like, I mean, I got plenty of house parties experienced that that just turned left, man. But for the sake of my um career and my uh, 
<laughs> audience. <laughs> I'm going to keep it PG. Um, uh, uh, it was a time where somebody got really, really messed up, man, to the point where they were like sitting outside, like growing up everywhere, like on the steps, like where's your home type. <laughs> like you need to, you need to leave, you need yeah. to go home. Where's your friends? But um, yeah, man, uh, I got a whole scroll, man. But for the sake, that's that's where I'm going to stop right there. man. It's crazy. So I'm going full disclosure, full disclosure. So I've had a lot of house parties, especially at the I'm not even going to name our school because it had nothing to do with the school. It's just the area <laughs> surrounding it. So I ain't going to throw the name out there. But if you went to A&T, you're ag, you know, the one place they told you not to party. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows Riverwalk Campus Green is what they call. I lived there. Got robbed twice. Apartment kicked in the door when I was going. Hold on, hold on, when, sorry, what, sorry. What? I went. I went to Riverwalk party one time. I was so uncomfortable. I don't even think it was like the violent time. But at that point, I'm like, nah, like we gotta go because I was with my <laughs> friends that didn't know that didn't know the area, right? So they came for homecoming. And they're like, oh, they got a house party out there. And I'm walking up like, nah, this ain't this ain't the place you want to have a house party. This ain't it. I had most of my house party like stories are like they took place in Riverwalk. So like in college, I the the, the podcasters don't know me like you know the audience doesn't know me personally. But like I'm not a street dude. You know I can hold my own. But I'm not a street dude. I got shot at the most times in college at Riverwalk. Because it's just like, hey, so just random, random shit. Just be, you know, fight break out and just like, oh, okay, they shoot. So like that's Riverwalk. So we got to paint the background. So this is a house party. Uh, me and my homeboy, David, we went to. It's in Riverwalk. It's on one of like the second story joint. So y'all remember how it used to be like Friday nights when there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. It's like a whole bunch of students out. So it was a, it was better. You knew like it was a lit night because people were everywhere. So, like, it's another one of those times, like, they start shooting. So, everybody scatters. And we scatter into this one apartment where it's just like, can we leave and stuff like that? So, um, I don't want to put this person out, but the person in the story trying to leave the house party, like, bro, what are you doing? They're outside shooting. He's like, I'm looking for my friend. <laughs> And the thing is, he didn't really know that dude. He was like, I'm like, bro, like, you, you're not about to go outside. Like, why they dumping off like that? Just walks outside, goes outside. So we just like, needs to say, this person was drunk, fucked up, putting their life on the line. And it was one of those moments I was just like, you know, this has happened way too many times for me. Um, I'm like, you know what? This ain't even worth it. it. Ain't even worth the fun. You gotta walk out there, deal with drunk people, people trying to fight, people shooting. I'm just like, house parties are no longer for me. After that day, I was, I was. I'm not gonna say I never went back to another one. I just never went back to another one. <laughs> I, gotcha. I hear that. No, no. I feel like house parties are more fun than the club parties, honestly, man. Because it's just like y'all are in a closed area, and it's more. It's better. I think in the club, it's just too, it's just too loud and a lot going on. I know the first time I ever went to me- music, is it Music City or the Magic? Music City. Music right? City. Yeah. It was Music so, City. So the first time I've ever went to Music City, I'm like, oh, this is nice. It's all big. And next thing you know, I feel some water on the back of my neck. I'm like, yo, what is this? 
And I turn around, the girls is fighting. <laughs> All on the floor in the floor. <laughs> I said, this is not what everybody said this is supposed to be, man. This is, this is not it, yo. That's hilarious. Tony, Tony, do you have a Music City experience? I do. I do. And uh, I, was, I was lifted in, in all different types of ways. My thing is, um, it was just a great uh, experience. I love the venue. It was huge. I went in all different areas, man, you know, just to try to explore the uh, venue, man. It was nice. I don't think we stayed there long because, you know, now it's kind of vague to me, but I only went out, went out there once, but um, it was cool, yeah. you know, from my, you know, first and only, only time experience. I guess for our listeners, Music City is a, this is a legendary club in Greensboro, North Carolina. It's no longer a club. But like uh, for at, people who went to A&T for a certain time period, like everybody has a Music City story. They eventually getting shut. They got shut down for um, like a liquor license. And I ain't gonna lie to you. The first time I went to Music City, I was 18. Like we had been in school a couple of weeks. I bought, I bought shit. I was so nervous because they was like, I was asking somebody, could they get a drink for me? And I was like, and they're like, bro, you just go get it yourself. I'm like, I ain't eight. What you mean? He's like, let's go. So I went to the bar. I ain't know. I ain't know nothing about alcohol. Like, I ain't know what to order. And so some chicks in front of me had these things called blue motorcycles. So I was like, I take four of them. <laughs> Need to say, bro, I'm, like, bro. I'm gonna take four. Hey, of them. bro, like, right yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. I didn't know how much shit costs. Then when he was like, hey, how much it costs? I was like, ooh, I was like, I got to use the car. So I need to say like thirty dollars some drinks. But I remember being in Music City and seeing the first time I saw a chick climb that, like all the way up a pole because y'all remember they had them tall poles. Yeah. I was like, yo, like Music City was a warehouse. So the poles were like, they went yeah. like fucking 30 stories. It felt, it felt very far. And I watched a chick climb all the way up to the top. And I'm like, if she slipped, she dead. It's she over. slipped. And she, she, she came down effortlessly and everybody was in there. I'm just like, Wow. So yeah, that's Music City. Damn, she's strong as hell. You ready for my second question? Go ahead. All right. So this is also for Tony's point because he talked about you know KP's DJ really working the crowd, right? So if y'all were DJ in the party right now, do you have a song that you know that you could play that would get the crowd moving? Hell yeah, I got one. Uh. Uh, what's the what's the guy's name? Mark Morrison, Return of the Mac. I'll put that bitch on. Started off real good. Everybody be like, "What's going on?" But everybody likes it. It's multicultural. It brings the people to the floor. And then you know, next thing you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and craft up something else. But that's what I'll start it off with. So, um, I mean, I don't remember the song. I ain't remember. I don't remember the name of the song is, but it's a. Uh, Juvenile, the 99 to 2000, whatever song mm. that is. Mm. Back that ass up. So there you go. Dead the juggler. Going you got to. That's, that's it. First, that's first song. That's first song. Now. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to set the okay, tone. Well. So that now people know it's jumping. And after that, I don't know. But that's what I'm playing first. And that you just you just go in for the kill like that is that's <laughs> you almost because like then because then you're gonna know if the crowd wants to party or no but if they don't get up from that you're like all right now this is gonna be a mellow for the rest of the night because I don't want to start mellow and I want to get people hyped and I know they're gonna be here to party they're gonna stand up all night. Okay, I, I guess mine is kind of like Tony's like I want to get something to get the crowd going. 
and it's like Ghost Town DJs, my boo. Like that's everybody like moving to that song. You just it's something that just make you want to dance. And then if you get me moving, then I might slide to back that ass up because you know chicks gotta get warmed up to throw that ass back. You feel me? They just don't. They just can't go in. No, they don't. They gotta warm up. They ready. They gotta warm up. Listen, they are waiting. They are waiting for that. I gotta go. Hey, bro. <laughs> hey, we we thirty, man. I'm telling you, warm them up. They go, they gonna do that one song, and that's it. Right, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because everybody's uh, old now. Man. I didn't pull my sciatica. Because pretty much, I just know back like when we were younger, they were dancing all night. Now, is it just because of our age and not dancing, or is it just because of the time music. the time we're in? It's because it's of music. Knees. It's because of their knees. <laughs> 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 it's because of their knees, bro. It's because of their knees and joints. They're, come on now. <laughs> no, okay. So what, what, I, what I'm saying is if we were like high school or college right now, will women be dancing the way they were dancing when we were in high school and college? I, th- I think yes. I think I really, it go, I honestly, it goes back to your DJ. Because I've been in events where, like, let's say for an example, when we go back, like, if you go back to a homecoming event, the DJs there know, like, people are going to spend more if they're having a good time. So they make sure that those events are really, really turned up and they're playing all the stuff, like, age appropriate. Because we're 30 and, like, we're in a certain age bracket being a millennial, there are some songs that you can play that you wouldn't play for a Gen Z. Like, you can play, like, some Ja Rule in our party, and we be turned up like, hey, you can play that type of stuff where you can't drop that with a Gen Z. So I think for mm-hmm. our age, you really got to make it worth us dancing because back when we was younger, we would dance to anything all night. And I ain't going to lie to you, my knees only going to allow me to dance if I'm really fucking feeling <laughs> it, you know? I ain't about to be wasting just knee pain or bullshit, so. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Yo, ahead, I kind of want to add one point, man. I don't, I don't know if y'all uh, was aware of this homecoming for uh, A&T, but there was an art event where Manny Fresh, DJ Manny Fresh was there. Yo, oh, I went there. That event is, rel- is, is relative to this question because there were people that were older dancing. He knew how to move the crowd, but it was also a mixed environment where people could space themselves away to like catch their breath and look at art and shit. Yeah. <laughs> then come back to the yeah. dance floor yeah. and like just catch the rhythm. But the whole time, DJ Manny Fresh was just going in. Yeah. So yeah. B- before you get to that point, because I was at that homecoming as well, yeah. I actually told all of y'all about the events, and yeah. I didn't go right. because you didn't I even go cleaning up the the, cook, the cooking stuff, the uh, the grill and all that. I'm like, yo, where y'all? Like, y'all didn't even tell. I found out y'all was there on Instagram. I'm like, bro, they what? We were lit. The funny thing is. The person grill you helped clean was the person that went with me. With you. <laughs> Yo, we were lit, man. That shit, that shit was live. I ain't gonna lie, Tony. Were you as surprised as I was? Because we walked up like, this is a dope venue. Yo, and then I'm it was surprised. like, man, fresh on the turn. I'm like, man, it fresh on the turn. Bro, it was hype as hell. Gym. July, you missed out, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, it yeah. Was a I know. Gym, dog. Like, that, that, is, that don't crazy. ever come back around. <laughs> and if it if it does, nah, it, it ain't gonna be like that, dog. Real. Mm-hmm. I still got them pictures in my phone. That was a live event. Hey, I'm sorry about that, Jalan. 
That's yeah. crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. You should have right. just left that grill. I would have, because I did. So I'm coming. I would have been gone. I'd have been like, man, that, that grill be here in the morning. Ain't, no, ain't nobody touching. Facts, yeah. Ain't nobody touching. You see people spill a lot of stuff. They ain't still in the grill. I don't homecoming, nah. So so when we're real quick, we're talking about Manny Fresh having older people dancing. But when is the shift that we went from dancing all the time to now we barely dance? Like when was that time of, yo, we're not dancing anymore? 2004. 2004. That was when we're not dancing anymore? I think that's when it started to die. Like people don't notice it. Like so the last dance in there was- 2004? You said 2004. Bro. It was still in high school. You said, well, no, for us, right? I'm talking about collectively as a culture, too. I feel like okay. culturally, we went through a span like Travis Porter. It mm-hmm. ran our age. Travis Porter, like when we think about like the, the bigger aspects of hip hop, they weren't really running hip hop because we were just in a club. So we knew they shit. Yeah. There's a lot of songs that we know that are club bangers that aren't necessarily like hit songs. Yeah. So I think of like collectively as like a culture, like the snapping era, like that soldier boy crank that. And that's the, like the last dancing on the uh, mainstream hip hop stuff like that, because there's always been pockets of hip hop of clubs, Uncle Lou, you know, all that shit like that. So that was just ours. So I feel like 2004, 2005, that era, the mixtape era of hip hop is what stopped niggas from dancing. Mm-hmm. That's a good observation. I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna say, the tools that were made. Well, no, excuse me. The tools that was used to make beats at a certain point, which was probably in the early 2000s. I think that changed the dynamic of DJing because there were certain songs that had a higher quality, and that higher quality couldn't hold a regular disc jockey table like. You could, the uh, sound was different. The sound was different. Like a Soldier yeah, Boy yeah. sound, well, a Soldier Boy song back in the early 2000s is completely different than a DMX song back in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. On vinyl. Yeah. On, you know, on vinyl. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, I think it was the, the engineering softwares that was used to create beats and sounds that changed the whole DJ and stuff, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, so I have another another question. So pretty much, so when did it come inappropriate to just when a song you got that you like came on and just to grab the girl and start dancing? When did when did that start stop becoming inappropriate? Stop becoming inappropriate. <laughs> uh, this this line is very tricky. Um, uh I don't know uh, if I can answer that question, bro. <laughs> yeah, fat, fat. No, but, I'm, I'm over here at one point in time, that was appropriate. It was okay to just grab her and she's gonna start dancing. It's not like it's not like because think about it, you don't just you don't pull her. You touch her hand, and then she looks at you, start dancing. Now you can't even do that. They get upset. I, I ain't never touched no I, girl I, hand. I, My, I, I'm just gonna keep it real. And I'm saying this to be transparent. Like I never just walked up and was like, hey, hey girl, what's up? She was the one dancing. She was the one dancing. So I'll probably walk past. Next thing you know, she's dancing and we're dancing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a hand grabber. So for me, I ain't going to lie to you. Like there's been times that like me and David have gone out. I've still employed that method. Now I feel like it's a, it's a, 
to in order to do that, you've had to have to make some eye contact and read some body. That's language. true too. Just don't be going through the crowd and grabbing random yeah. chicks' hands, <laughs> I mean, chicks' hands and stuff like that. <laughs> I said chicks, you know. I yeah. So like uh like you know, and then if you do do that, you have to be a very smooth person to play it off. Like you can't grab it aggressively. Like come here, like nah, bro. Yeah. I've done it too. Like back in the day, that was my style. I used to grab belt too. Like so when they walk by, I would snatch that belt. All right. Me, I think this know, is going too hey. far left. No, nah, hey, is, but this is, it worked, yo. This is this is the belt loop, bro. Like that, like yes, okay. like okay. I would grab. But it, like I said, it all comes back to a know who you going for, fellas. Yeah. Don't be shooting out your lead, grabbing chicks that ain't talking to nobody. Don't grab the chick with art that's sitting in RBF in the corner because it's probably not going to work. You got to know who, you got to read the scene and read the Clara. I'm observing. So I'm like, listen, like she having a good time. I didn't see the look back a couple of times. Grab that belt loop. Like, I, I do believe there are some women and it's not everybody, everyone, but they're like a little aggression. You know, I'm a grown ass man. I go out if I want. You feel me? Bring that ass yeah. here and put it on me. Throw that thing. <laughs> That's how we did it. <laughs> now I feel you because I remember we went out, it was like four of us and then like four girls were passing us, right? And it was a girl, I was in the front and the girls in the front, Just was like, yo, grab her head, bro, grab her head. So I grabbed her head and like each one of y'all grabbed the girl in front's head as well. So it, it definitely works, but it work? I don't think- Did it, it work? It worked, but you can't do that. Now, at our age, we can't do it anyway, but it's at one point it got unacceptable. You can't do it. <laughs> well, now, you know, they're older, so they might be married. So you have to like, there's different, there's just different levels of shit now, yeah, but yeah. like, you know, but, I feel like it's still, if you do it, like, at the end of the day, the ladies in our crowd still live through the air, too. There's a way to do things respectfully. I feel like there's niggas that fuck it up, because I watch guys in the club and be like, bro, you aggressive. She is not interested. Like, what are you doing? And I'm just like, I see why, like, you know, men have a bad rap, so I'm watching a dude just like, hey, you know, dancing all over the chick. She's just looking back like, get away from me. I'm like, you can't. <laughs> So, like, you can't be that guy. Like, you know, don't be out here. Yeah. Yeah, you got to play it cool, man. For real. That's funny. All right. Well, I, I just want to move on to, like, another topic. So, we talked about, like, DJs getting the party, you know, popping. Um, I also think about um, live um, drummers or, like, a live concert where, like, they're playing drums, guitar. Like, having an experience of them getting a crowd. Like, a good experience with live a live performance. Yeah, actually, uh, I, yo, KP really put me on to a whole new experience, man. I ain't, try, I ain't trying to blast this whole, you know, set, but yes, it's similar, similar to that, man. Shout out to just KP. I'm going to say it again. People need to go check him out, man. He's great. He's a great performer and, and he got a great team. Yo, they are fantastic. They know how to improvise. They know how to play those instruments and make you feel it. So yes, man. And then that's one example. Another example, uh, with my uh, boy KP, we went to go see Anderson Pack. Anderson Pack, yo, mm-hmm. huh. that was in Durham at the article. He was he what he wasn't even well known then. We was right there in the front row looking oh, at him and the, him and the Nationals like this in the camera, mm. like this, yo, looking at him. He was just. Fantastic, man. Going with the drums, all that. So live music has the same type of validity as disc jockeying. That's real. 
Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the title, man. Disc jockeying, bro. All right. Facts. <laughs> Disc jockeying. <laughs> uh, live experience wise, it, um, I saw J. Cole like early on. Um, I think he was on Wayne, I think it's like Wayne's tour when he was in Raleigh. So you already know he came out, but he actually had a live band behind him. And I am a fan. Tony's point, when you have a hip-hop artist with the right live band behind them, the the sound is like, it is so much just pure, like, yep. the, you got to get a drum or something, you know, like, that was um, one of those performances I was like, I, I, always, I already was a big fan of J. Cole, but I think he performed like Friday Night Lights too, so hearing like my favorite J. Cole project, like with a live you know, thing about, and this is back when we were recording from phone, so I just sat there and, like, enjoyed it, so I really experienced that, and then, like, I want to say, uh, I know some R&B shit, if you ever see an R&B artist, like, I remember, did y'all see India Irie when she came to school? Nah, I missed out, man. <laughs> so, she came, and I happened to go, and bro, like, she, A, her vocals are an instrument in, the, in themselves, but, like, her singing and her voice accompanied by like a, a live band was like, I don't know, like it just felt like you were sitting in the music, you know, in the auditorium. So those are my live. Who you uh, got belong? I don't remember who it was. I know it was in Raleigh. And I think her name was Kalita Durant. She's actually on my Facebook. She pretty much she, she rocks with yeah. um, Little Brother. Little Brother. Ooh. Yeah, so the the first time I actually saw, because I, I forgot who I was going to see that. It was probably King Mez or something like that. But then she was performing and she had her band and like the venue was pretty small. So every time the drum would hit the snare or hit the um, the, the bass drum, it's loud. It's feel, you feel it in the chest. So it's a different kind of hit than you hear with just the speakers. It's like, yo, that's like, you're know, hitting you in the chest each time they're hitting the drums. And that's, I feel like that experience is, is just, is crazy. And the reason why I brought up like live experiences, because I think of, um, like I went to a Jay-Z and Beyonce concert and basically the DJ is in control of everything. Mm. So they're in control of every single sound. So the drum is playing. If they want to stop it, the DJ is going to stop that those drums are playing. So the drummer's going, but it's not going to hit through the speakers anymore. Or they're controlling, you know, the entire experience with just a DJ. So it's just crazy to see from being a turntable DJ to now where you use so much technology, they can control a entire, entire show. It's crazy. True, true, true. I feel like we uh we bridged over uh some important DJs that um I feel like ushered in a new era of hip hop too. And I want to talk about like there's some DJs like in the mid 2000s that I don't feel like we like we don't think about them as like this jockeying but like like DJ Drama. Like DJ Clue. Like those are DJs that brought us like DJ Desert Storm, you know. Those were the DJs that were breaking artists like certain artists like i know tony i remember you talking about the source um playlist that you used to have and stuff like that yeah. like those were dj ran playlists where they would break out new artists as a new artist in the mid-2000s and the late 90s you were playing the shit the early like the later 2002 you're hoping that a dj co-signed you so with that being said what's your favorite i guess like what, who is your favorite DJ? Of all time? Of all time. Oh, um, 
of all time, I'm going to say my favorite DJ, man, is, um, yo, I'm having a brain fart. Um, it's the DJ that's a, that's a part of the Gangstar group. Um, uh, not oh, H, Static Select, no. Nah, it's, um, uh, I know his name too, and I can't, I can't. It's at, it's at the tip of my, it's at the tip of my tongue, man. It's going to come back to me, but the DJ that's a part of the Gangstar, he's a legend, straight up. It's not Premier. It's not DJ Premier. DJ Premier. DJ Premier. That's DJ Premier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, okay. that's a legend. Yeah, I was thinking. I'm like, I know, who, I know who Gangstar is, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. DJ Premier. Premier. DJ Premier. Yeah, he's tough. He's man. a legend. Okay, tough. Okay. Oof. That's tough. Justin, you you go next, man. Uh, so this is a hard one for me because one of the people like is technically a DJ, but he has he doesn't have DJ in front of his name, and that is DJ Lil John, uh, the East Side mm. Boys. Because that motherfucker's a DJ. Nice. And yeah. He, he, uh, I feel like he was the soundtrack to um, some adolescence. You can't, you, you can't have a memory from middle school to high school without at least one Lil John song. That's facts. Um, so, like, and it was like between like him and like Khaled, and only reason for Khaled, not like current Khaled, but what Khaled did. And like, people don't know like what Khaled did in like the mid 2000s the artist that he really like put on the national scene for him to kind of get that like Khaled status. So like Khaled broke a lot of artists from Florida in the mid 2000s that like really went on to have amazing careers. That's why Khaled sits, you know, where he sits now because he was tired. So yeah, it's true. Those are my DJ. And that's tough, man. I'm not, a, I'm not a DJ guy, man. I'm a, I'm a producer guy. I don't really know. What? what DJ cool. Manny Fresh? No, no. Nah. I'm your favorite. Nah. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you mm-hmm. can name a producer. Because nine yeah. times out of ten, they they probably have skills of produce. Yeah, yeah. DJ, DJ. Because yeah. yeah, honestly, they are DJs. They're just not live DJs. They're, exactly. they're mixing things up in yeah. the house. All right, so I'm gonna go with um. We don't go with Ninth Wonder, man. We don't go with Ninth Wonder. He he definitely brought the the soul into music. Um. Also, my favorites are, you know, Just Blaze and Kanye. Mm-hmm. I just love this soul of it. Because, like, we can even go back to um, Grandmaster Flash, his name, right? Grandmaster Flash. Yep. That's what he was doing. <laughs> he was just doing it live with turntables of him looping a song from the 70s. And we think of so many different songs. We think of um, dang, All About the Benjamins. That's a 70s sample. You think of a bunch of Jay-Z songs, 70s samples. Those are all DJ's works, but it's just not... They're not really doing it live. They're doing it at home. Shit. It's interesting. To that though. point. Like, COVID really brought out the different variations of DJs now. I thought. Mm-hmm. I, I truly think that, man. Like, I think mm-hmm. COVID really brought out the different variations of DJs. For example, there was this uh, DJ, and I'm saying this with air quotes. Um, I don't even know if I'm going to pronounce his name right, man, but his name is Amorphous. Amorphous or something, but he had a song with Fat Joe called Sunshine, and uh, he sampled Rihanna. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. But what people don't know about him is that he curated all these playlists during COVID, during the pandemic, the quarantine, whatever. 
he was cooking it up and he just got somebody's attention online. And apparently it was Fat Joe. He was like, yo, come to the studio. Let's lay something down off of a beat that he already mixed. He been mixed that uh, Luther True. Van Dross and um, Rihanna song. That was already done. He just gave it to Joe. Mm-hmm. So COVID, man, COVID really brought a lot of artists and a lot of talent to the scene when it comes to DJing. Facts. Yeah. Um, I just want to bring something else what COVID did. It also brought us uh, Versus. Oh, and yeah. Versus basically was, you were a DJ of your own music. You think about it, you could be a DJ, you're mixing it, they play a song, you got to respond back in live time. It wasn't on a mixer, but that was a version of DJing. Facts, 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 facts. Speaking of verses, so shit, I got to ask this question because we a music podcast. If y'all had to choose the verses that you want to see, who you, who you, who you choosing to see catalog against catalog? Hmm. Oh, I, I'm ready with that one. I already got Chris Brown versus Usher, man. Chris Brown versus because Usher got Ooh. Usher got them Usher got them hits, Yo. but then Chris Brown Ooh. got them hits. You know that would be that would be fire. I think Usher. I think Usher watches crazy though. You think so? I don't know because you got to think about it's 20 songs. It's not you know Usher 20. Usher 20 Usher Usher 20 though. Like you got to think Usher been doing this since '96, so you got like. You got songs. He got '90s, early 2000s, mid 2000s, late 2000s, 2010s. So like off of off of years alone, and, and breezy. You know he has some years, some down years. So like he got some hits. He got some, but I, I don't. I don't ooh, that ooh. But Usher is a straight up. That'd be disrespectful to Usher. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, I would I would have to say. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna think critically with this one, man. I'm gonna go with uh Knife Wonder and the Alchemist. The hell out of here. That'll be one tough ass versus. Oh my gosh. They ain't gotta say a word. They could just let the beat play. Yeah, yeah. Ain't nobody no, knife got the they got the trademark. Yeah, cause because the thing about knife, he has like a lot of hits, but a lot of times you don't really know who it is. Alchemist has a lot of songs, but he I know he's been working, but like um, Nike he does not. He has Destiny's Child. He has Jay Z. Yeah. He has so many stuff that a lot of people really don't know. Don't know. But the Alchemist, I think Alchemist did more work. But I think Knife got them hits. Mm. Knife got hits though. Knife got hits. Uh, mine is something like I feel like we never gonna see. But I think this would be like the best verse of all time. Uh, if I can get Fifty Cent and Ja Rule to Ooh. go just put everything to the side and just go yeah. music, go like hit for hit. Because I like Ja, bro, like I feel like, you know, Ja has a lot of timeless music. That man, career got cut short, you know. Okay. 50 50 Ether, that man. So I feel like because we saw Jeezy and Gucci, it would be cool to see like them put that aside and and do it. Because like, could you imagine like that actual, like that's a 20 year beat. Could you imagine that stadium? Like they did it in Madison Square Gardens, they would like they would sell it out. Yeah, that'd be crazy. But I, I did a little research on that. Like, like I looked through it. I remember we did an episode. We talked about them too. So I kind of went back and forth. Fifty Cent was smashing, bro. Like Ja Rule had hits, but Fifty Cent nice. had a lot of hits. Like his whole like the first album, the Massacre album. 
the uh, G Unit stuff. He had songs with the game as well. How uh, not how we do it? Whatever the song he had with the game, yeah, he has yeah, a lot yeah, of features. Yeah. Like you got to think of all of that. Jaru has his music. He doesn't have any features, so he wouldn't have so much right, stuff to no, play. No, 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 no. Jaru has. A, I feel like what happens is like you got to go look back at that, like that, that, uh, that murder, that murder ink phase, because Ja was like the biggest thing in hip-hop when 50 came in. That's what literally elevated 50 because he came and knocked down something. Ja has a lot of hits. Like, the thing is, we lived through, like, we were, when 50 came out, we experienced, like, very different because he was dropping shit as we became adolescents. So we were kind of in the streets. With Ja, we were really younger. So, like, I know a lot of the songs because of older, older cousins and stuff like that. But, like, a lot of that massive, I ain't gonna crunch you, like 50 Cent, his claim to fame is one album and some singles. After that, it kind of goes downhill with it. Because like, even when you look at G-Unit stuff, the good G-Unit stuff ain't because of 50s, because of fucking um, Banks. Hmm. If, and they only had really one good album too, and they, they were just hot. Everybody knew G-Unit, but they didn't really have a lot of great music. Commercial. after a certain year, 50s, yeah, commercially, like it just, it just wasn't like I got hits. Bro. Fifty was in those. I got a Shanti. Fifty, Fifty was in those streets though. Like, I, look, hey, I gotta play neutral when it comes to this because Ja, Ja got hits. Ja had hits on the radio, hit after hit after hit with a Shanti, hit after hit after hit. Hmm? It ain't even matter. Charlie Baltimore, it don't matter. He had hits after hit. We was just mimicking him because we thought that he mimicked. DMX. So we was just thinking, oh, the yep. sound is the same commercially, right? But yep. 50, he was in the streets. 50 was, was in, in the, the streets. streets. I remember when I first heard that song called Problem Child by 50. And for the audience, y'all look that song up. That's the most grittiest song I've ever heard from 50. It's still a classic still to this day. I was playing it last week, no lie. But look, my thing is, um, yeah, man, 50, he has street cred, real street cred. Ja Rule, he was just he he sound like he did. That's the difference. So yeah, he was from the he was from the hood from in everybody's perspective. Yeah, and no disrespect, but yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Now nah, we just gotta find a way to do a verses with them too, bro. By by with us, yo, the same way they was doing it. We just gotta do it because Fifty Cent was was smoking, man. Like you look look do look at twenty songs, bro. Fifty Cent. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not like I feel like if you're talking. Hits, though, like hits. What we define as hits, 50 came out and sold a lot of records. I'm not taking that away from it. But, like, if you're going 20 songs, like, a lot of 50 city street shit. So it really depends on the crowd and how you, how that crowd is really kind of, like, cohesive. Because he has some, like, songs that get everybody hyped. But, like, real talk, if 50 Cent play in the club, nobody's getting hyped to that shit. Let Ja Rule play any song with Ashanti. That shit still rings. Mm. So, like, I think I think it would be like because to me, verses is all about the crowd. Yeah. So it's about DJs. DJ. About the DJs. It's all about so the DJs. You know. Yeah. It's all about the DJ. Ja Rule got the lady hits. He was the first Drake. Mm. Yep, that's valid. No, nah, don't say that's valid. He definitely stole that from, from me, man. I definitely said that <laughs> that last episode. Let me try to give him. <laughs> we gonna have to go back and uh, put that on wax and see. I don't remember you saying that. But, you know, <laughs> no. I do have a question for y'all. 
uh, since we since we see that uh, DJing is different now, like it's kind of like at the press of a button at this point. Where do y'all think DJ is going to go next? Mm. <sighs> oh, uh. I think honestly where it is, I actually like the current state of DJs because I think in America, we don't really um, embrace them as much. But if you go to Europe and see how much like DJs are making, like I remember years ago seeing the statistic that uh, DJ Paulie D from uh, Jersey Shore was making like $15 million DJ. Wow. Like you go to clubs and stuff like that. And like, even if you come to like go to Vegas or come to Vegas, like a lot of the bigger club, their headliners are DJs. Yeah. So I think right now with like the advent of social media and like YouTube and stuff like that. And even Tony talked about the guy that did with some of Fat Joe. Like right now, if you can turn up a crowd consistently and work that energy and stuff like that. It's illness for you. Like back in the day when you had DJs like Cool Hurt, they were just DJing. They block party the neighborhood and right. shit like that. Now you can literally, if you that raw and that nice, you can in a short, not in like a two year period, probably be doing tours and shit like that. So I feel like it's endless because we not going to not listen to any more music. We're still going to keep doing it. But people who are, they got an ear of music, but they might not be able to rap or stuff like that. It's the best way of doing it because you just, you know how to, read the crowd, read people's energy, you know the music to put. So I feel like DJing is still, I feel like it's, it's going to get bigger. I feel like DJs going to get more and more respect because artists going to realize, like, DJs also don't die in rap beefs. <laughs> like, you know, they kind of get to live the life with all this shit, but stay out the uh, spotlight. So I feel like if rappers realize that, it'd be like, oh, okay, cool. I can go make a lot of money. I have to yeah, yeah, I agree. I kind of like where it's at now. It's basically the artists. I mean, the producers. Basically, the DJs are being their own artists. They had they're going on tour. Uh, I know um, Metro Boomin. He had like a tour where he just playing his own songs that he did. So like they actually going to be in the front because DJs were in the front at one point. Then they got moved to the back with rappers. And then once technology kind of expanded, now they're moving back to the front, but they're doing their own thing instead of you know worrying about. You know, having an artist to pretty much promote them. Facts. Like, I got one point, man, because I definitely agree. I do uh, like where DJing is at this point. You know, it's at a press of a button, but the authenticity is gone. I believe the authenticity of DJing is gone when it comes to scratching. Like, somebody could scratch from a press of a button, man. Yo, it'll be over. <laughs> They'll make far more money than these big venue people that's, you know, really doing it because they know how to do it from a press of a button. They can do it from their phone. They can do it from a pad. Like, I mean, I'm just trying to open my You think people here. still want to hear it? That's the do question. Do you think they're like, like scratching would still like if somebody came out? Because I think when I think of scratching, I think of New old York school. 90s. So, yeah, old school, like, so do you think it would if somebody came out that network that style? You think that would really take? Off of face value for the history of scratching, when people heard the scrat- scratching, this is just coming from stories that I heard from my family back in the uh, day. When people heard scratching, they're like, what is that noise? What is that? Oh, snap, it's still in alignment with the beat. Oh, my gosh, that's dope. Oh, it brought the whole song back? What? It was one consistent sound. 
I'm saying if somebody could scratch nowadays, they would have to change that sound and still make it intriguing enough for certain um, uh, people to be like, oh, snap, what's that? That's just like with trap music, when they, when they hear the rolling drums or the, or the, or the rolling um, snares, people gravitate towards that sound. But um, you won't, you know, not every song has that sound. So that's the, that's the same thing with scratching. But if people change what scratching sounds like, I'm telling you, man, it, it might work. So, Yeah, I think it all depends on how they do it. Like mm-hmm. you can you can bring stuff from the past and create it new. Like we talk about like the our last episode, we're talking about T Pain. He bought the same sound that he had with Roger and Zap, and then he made it his own. True. So you can bring that old school True. scratch back, but you can't bring it back with the turntables and interface because no. that's not gonna work. You have to create something new, which is I don't know if it can work, but they, oh. somebody's gonna try. Somebody's probably doing it now. We just that's don't know. Tough. Yeah. They they haven't got the right uh the listen yet, but I forgot who said this, but it made me think. So we talked about back in the day how the DJ was the focus and the rappers became the focus. And my epiphany was, do you think it's because the rappers started to out, like actually got better than the DJ themselves? And because I think about it now, like Metro Boomin doing a tour, I think Metro Boomin is a lot better than the artists that are on his tracks. So... Like when I think of the sound, like even like DJ Mustard, Metro Boomin, we like them because they have a distinct sound. Like even like DJ Young chopping the drill. Mm. Niggas ain't really saying nothing, but it's just a beat. Like, so you really listening to the DJ. So I think right now the DJs and the producers are better than a lot of the rappers they're putting on their track. What you think? What y'all think? Uh, no, I agree. And it's because the the producers and their DJs are the brains behind it all. Like I think about me, like if I'm making a beat, I have to drop the, I mean, I have to put the bridge here. I have to do this. I'm pretty much making it for the artist. And once they're doing it, it sounds like, oh man, this artist is a genius, but I did all this. I set it up before beforehand. There are artists that are working with producers and there are artists that are producers that have more control over it. But for the most part, the brains are the artists. I mean, are the producers. Like even think about Grandmaster uh, Flash, his idea was to loop different stuff and slow it down. And now all the artists that do is just, just rap. Hmm. That's all they're doing. That's wow. very interesting, bro. Because like, um, I definitely mm-hmm. agree. I think that the producers and the DJs are definitely top tier when it comes to songs that are out right now. One of my favorite producers, and he's you can call him an artist. People call him an artist. But his name is Pierre Bourne. I know y'all heard of him. I know y'all know yeah. about Pierre Bourne. My thing yeah. is, yeah. yo, the first project I heard from him, I think it was, I don't know what it was called, but it was called um, The the Life of Pierre Bourne. Um, it, the album cover was purple. That was it. That transition for each song, that was on a different level, yo. But that's the same thing that a, that a DJ can do. A DJ know how to transition from one song to the next very smoothly or very in a very unique way. Pierre Bourne's album, that that uh, project, you ain't even know it changed songs, yo. You ain't even know. So I think DJ DJing or producing it it evolved over time to a different sound. But yeah, I'm be talking. Y'all talking about my, my art right now. But I even think about Nas. You think about how many mm. projects he's put out 
I ain't gonna disrespect now and say it was trash, but they weren't his best work. Now he got with Hitmaker as a producer. Grammys. He's still the same rapper. He's still the same rapper, but oh, he's with the producer now. Boy. What did I say? Hitmaker. Hitmaker's another producer. I did not say Hitmaker. I said Hitboy. I said Hitmaker, Tony? I don't know, but I but I heard Hit, and I I know Hitboy is somewhere. That's me trying to cover me all. Will you listen? Hey, hey. No, but I'm saying he got, he was with Kanye. I'm not saying Kanye's a a bad producer, but his mind is not on that. He's on to the fashion. He's on to the rapper. He's doing so many things. Hit Boy is in the studio making beats. And Nas is the man because of it. Nas didn't make Hit Boy him. Hit Boy gave him the, you know, platform to do what he had to do. So I'm not an artist, but I have to speak on the side of the artist because both of y'all are on the side of the producer and the DJ for this because I think about this, right? It is definitely a symbiotic relationship between the producer and the artist. And I definitely know, like, you know, producers make the beats. But artists are what I feel like accentuated because it goes both ways. Like for them, Kanye West produced Nas album. Them shits were ass. Let's just let's put it out there. Production, rapping. They were they were not good. And I'm a Nas fan. The stuff he has with Hit Boy is amazing. Right. So it is what it is. But I think about like we've also heard songs where like the person that's on it, like a rapper or an artist, is like the they the beat itself is just not as good. It's not it doesn't complement the well. So I feel like when songs do get heard, now there are a lot of trap songs I think of that you listen to it just because of the beat. There, we have a lot of that music, but I think about like Kendrick and Cole and some of the artists that are more pronounced and stuff like that. Those are, they're artists that I feel like, uh, you know, I don't care who the producer is, they're going to make the shit look good because they're a great artist. So I feel like it goes hand in hand because, you know, Jalan, you've had great beats and, you know, some of the artists that you had didn't really compliment them. So that beat doesn't look as good. It's, you know, it's like they didn't really, showcases so i think that's where the artist comes in where i've heard beats i hate it but i've heard somebody jump on it but i'm like i like it now yeah so i look at it like that it is you know it's 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 a it's one hand shakes the the next there ain't too many hits where the artist is like uh you know that's you gotta find your fit that's no 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 i i agree i agree because when i when i think about i think about drake half of the beats he gets are trash all a lot of BT. I'm not. Boy Wonder is fire. Boy Wonder is fire. Boy Wonder is fire. Boy, I'm not going to disrespect Boy Wonder, but a lot of beats that he gets are like lukewarm. Like if if Drake didn't have the beats, you just play it and lukewarm. But Drake makes Wait, it. Which which, which ones? Beats. I don't. I mean, when you say anyone, that, anyone, anyone. The last song he. Anyone, man. <laughs> a, like, a lot bro, of Drake beats name are a Drake lukewarm. Song. I don't know. All right. I gotta uh, go to my phone. Bro. Okay, let me. Because I'm trying to think like. I feel like Drake finds beats that fit him. Like, because on the back end, the, the thing he did with Future, I liked a lot of those beats, but I didn't like all the songs. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. These were fire, but I'm just like, Live was, was, I thought it was a fire album, but some, some was kind of balanced. Like, the beat was tough, and then the song yeah. was trash, or the song was tough. Yeah, and I, I mean, y'all know what I'm y'all know what I'm trying to say, but yeah, 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 it's yeah. crazy. A lot of it's lukewarm, but whatever. I guess I'm a producer, <laughs> so I kind of I look at it a little differently. 
how, you know, I want to take, we're going to have to do a, a podcast episode solely directed, directed to the mind of producer because I'm interested in how you like, I guess, digest music because you are a producer and you hear and see shit that I know me and Tony ain't here. You probably like that 808 and that stair kick. Nah, bitch, that bitch I'll sing. So we will have yes. to talk about this. I'm interested. One, one, one song that I, I love, but I hate is uh, Gold Link. Uh, what's the song that he had? Or they made him pop. Gold Link. Uh, Crew. Crew. Love the song. Hate the snare. I'm like, why did you pick that snare? The snare gets on my last nerd, but it's a great song. Mm-hmm. That snare, I hate that snare. I hate it. I hate this song. It, that's going to be the song I loop out the, ed, the episode with now. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this there. But, uh, but we pretty much get into the end of it. You have any last things or a- any any stories or whatever y'all want to talk about before we end it? I mean, hey, man, look, hey, one thing that I do want to say is that when it comes to DJing, that's like one of the original forms of music, hip hip hop to be exact. Um. One thing that I think of is is the Chopped and Screw segment in Texas and how they would scratch slow records. That's the only scratch that's kind of relevant right now. And this is to go back into the scratch topic. But what I'm saying is when it comes to DJing, man, y'all keep y'all ears open, man, because people are doing it in various ways that you probably wouldn't even be aware of. It can just be in the transition of a song. Kanye does it all the time. Uh, Pierre Bourne does it. Um, there's the, uh, uh, Hit Boy with his collaboration with Nas. He did it all throughout the album, man. So y'all make sure y'all keep y'all ears open. Man. It's always good times to have great experiences. So, mm-hmm. Facts, facts, facts. I'm taking you on Jalan. Yeah, we go. Um, I just want to end it off with Grandmaster Flash. And this is just a message for life. Just because something is different doesn't mean it's wrong. You know, you have to be Thanks. open-minded to grow and, you know, you could change the world. You think of he was scratching records, putting them pets, I mean, the crayon on it. You know, people looking at him crazy, but he did changed. I don't even, he changed the whole hip hop scene by yeah. just doing something different. More than that, because that actually is a perfect segue into, I guess, my, my final uh, thought for the episode. Right now, like I listen to a lot of Afro beats. I listen to a lot of like, I'm experimental when it comes to my music. So I listen to UK house and stuff like that. So right now, there's a huge wave that's sweeping Europe and like Africa of like just African and DJs. Mm. DJ is sets where they're just playing their own music. And you think about it wouldn't be there without no, you know, like DJ, you know, Grandmaster Flash and stuff like that. So we have a vantage point of DJing because we're American, because we, you know, we have hip hop in our roots. But right now, like overseas, the motherfuckers are scratching up and making really, really good money just mixing their craft and stuff like that. So I'm going to continue to say because we are a music podcast, like go out and just try to find a new genre or listen to something different. Like the world has so many different types of music that are created by people that look like us, but they are showcasing their struggle and their story in a different tone, in a different, you know, beats per minute and shit like that. But it's still by people that look like us. So I would just say, you know, go go discover something new, you know, whether it's Apple, Spotify, or YouTube, you know, go get lost in some music. 
<laughs> I got so random, bro. I'm sorry. This is totally off topic, but I'm hearing a knock, right? I'm like, yo, is somebody at my door? I was like, so many women know where I live. Like, I'm always like scared, like, where them still pop up for me, bro. <laughs> yo, I'm not looking over his shoulder, boy. Uh, I'm like, yo, why are you here? Hey, like, I'm, I'm sorry. Hey, bro, <laughs> if, if the chick walk behind you in this episode, I ain't gonna, I'm like, hey, do you have company? Like, hey, <laughs> what is she doing over there, bro? Man, nah, man. I'm careful about this, bro. <laughs> hey, bro! You can't be inviting everybody back to the crib. Get a little, mo- get a little hotel or something, dog. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Come on, bro! Discretion, bro. They gotta work themselves up to that. You know, you're right. You're right. All right. Well, what, 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 real quick before we end it, you have any stories of like you popping up on somebody and somebody popping up on you? <laughs> no, that's uh, that's capital nah, D A D. That life is dead. Nah, bro. Nah, they're dead, bro. Hey, hell nah. It's over nah. with. We thirty. Nah. It's hey. a whole bunch of focus <laughs> not, now. Not now. I'm talking about like in, je- in life, like in 30 nah, years. I don't okay, remember. Right. I don't remember right. nothing. I don't know. I play Espanol. Nah. I don't remember nothing. No say. No say. I don't remember anything. Nah, for me, that's a that's an unequivocal no. I ain't never popped up on nobody. I ain't gonna lie. If you a guy, you popping up on somebody, you you hell on your uh, feelings. <laughs> and I ain't gonna hold you. Like nine times out of ten, like it's gonna go 50-50. Either she's gonna be upset that you're there, because if you in your feelings about some shit that y'all went down with you, and because you popping up, you didn't get invited. Or secondarily, if you see some shit that you don't wanna see, you already irritated. So she could be over there studying, like hella, you know, platonic as fuck. You if you see a nigga there, you gonna be, you know, shirt <laughs> off and shit like that. So like that's one reason. And the next reason, like, I'm not saying that, like, if this for anybody, young or old, and I don't know why we end up going here, but establish your boundaries early and let people know. So you got to rule that shit out. I've always been a person that's established my boundaries and let motherfuckers know, hey, I might be a little bit more crazy than you feel. So if you pop up, just know you get whatever comes (laughs) with that territory. So, like, I'm not that person. We're not going to play them games because... I've had, you know, matter of fact, I have had chicks. Yeah. As I talk, oh shit, I've had somebody pop up on me. It didn't go to their favor. It it was, it was a very awkward uh, situation. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Jalan, for stirring that memory up. Just cooking up trauma, bro. All right. That's good. All right. Well, we can can end it there because the knock can definitely stop. So my my name is Jalan. She waited in the parking lot. (laughs) <laughs> he's like, he, 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 I'm he, just. He, he's like, he, he, I know he goes to the gym this time. I'm gonna wait out here. I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm waiting out here. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Face the Music, the podcast. We're out. Peace. All right, we good. Peace. Good job. <laughs>